What is up, rugby fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Safa Pod. Myself and Steegs are joined by friend of the show, an all-round nice guy, Nico Janssen von Rendsburg. Nico, how are you? And with the current top 14 break, are you enjoying the World Cup being on your doorstep? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so we have, uh, we have a little bit of a break now during the World Cup. The first week, we, we actually had holiday, and then we into kind of a pre-season mode now for a couple of weeks, and then we have another week's holiday, and then it's another little bit of a pre-season again, and then the competition starts the day after the final. So very excited for the World Cup, obviously, but as well to start playing again. And uh, so we're going to have a we're going to have a 15 match back to back part of the season. So uh, very excited for that. That sounds tough and like hopefully <laughs> hopefully they're going to have uh, some of the some of the young kind of under 19 boys full in at some point so you guys get a bit of a break uh, the box have had more difficult training sessions than the game against the Roma- against Romania this weekend I believe they got out of the game what they what they kind of needed Steegs anyone who kind of stood out and no, I think um, you know definitely one hundred percent all the all the trials of of different positions and players playing out of their their positions. You know, having four scrum offs in the in the match day is quite was quite interesting to see. But yeah, I think obviously you have a guy like Dion Free, you know, slipping back in that hooker position was uh, doing a good job. Obviously, Marco von Staden had a couple throw-ins and that. So that sort of somewhat answered some of the questions there with with who they were going to go with and, you know, having a bit more confidence, you know, as a result of um, having Pollard. But yeah, I think the team in general, you know, didn't really, you know, slip into that aspect of playing a, a, a lesser, you know, um, quality team as as opposed to, last week you know no offense on the on the smaller nations but yeah i think they they pretty much stuck to the game plan which was really really decent you know stuck to the game plan um didn't you know open up and just everyone try and score differently it was just you know same set pieces and everything and and just doing it really well and i think the scoreline pretty much reflected that i mentioned the top 14 there nico and a man that you played with at montpellier before he went to leicester tigers is andre pollard what do you think of his call up to the to the bot team and how well do you think he'll do at hooker in, in a few weeks time? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um I think bringing in Andre Pollard is very necessary. Um we have a, a very attacking game now. Uh Marnie Lebok is running the show. He's awesome. He's really awesome, awesome player. I think um, when it gets to playoff rugby and finals, we might need someone that will slot the slot the last penalty of the match. If you look what what Mornestein did for for the Springboks two years ago, he also came in from from nowhere and they let him take the last kick for the win against the Lions for the series. So I think maybe Pollard will have a similar role maybe he'll be the starter but i think having him there with all his experience is is amazing um yes he's he's not gonna throw in through the line out and <laughs> hook the balls in the scrum but maybe he'll kick the last penalty in the final that uh, gives us the trophy again so i think that's a, a very smart move 
Hey, you Looking. never you never know about the the throwing in with rice. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But, but my my question, boys, is, is do you think obviously now we, we know Pollard's a standout player and, and the way we've been playing in the past, he's just done it so brilliantly. I think obviously nowadays, looking at the spring box, I think for the first time ever, this is probably like one of the best back lines we've ever had. And there's just so much flair, there's so much opportunity where you know the forwards are taking it up and really just mashing the opponents. And we have this unbelievable play in the back line. And we have these, these, these sets of uh, skills from Marnie that is crazy at the moment. Do you think that Pollard sort of, um, you know, enables that flair to continue in the, in, in the back line? Obviously, we know he's going to be a solid player with that back, um, you know, supporting the, the, the forwards, the forwards running off him. He's going to be really consistent. But do you think he has the same standard of flair to bring out that back line that, that Marnie does in just general play? I don't think you can compare the two players directly like that because they're not the same player. Um, I think for the, you're going to have to decide for the day who's the what, what type of life do you want. Do you want Andre Pollard that he is basically a, a flank on, on 10 as well, so he is really solid on defense. Um, I think he can take the ball out to the mm -hmm. line as well. I haven't seen him do no lacrosse kicks yet, but <laughs> he, he can kick. He can kick very well as well. Um, we won the World Cup with him, uh, the previous World Cup. So it's it's a difficult a difficult situation actually. If he's going to hit form with the playoffs, that's the that's the other question we should ask. Is he on form now? He's played one match in how many months? Is he going to be in the form that Marnie is currently at? Well, Marnie is on form now. He puts the guys into space. He he's the general running the back line. So it's a it's a it's a tricky situation. It's, I think it's not just black and white. Okay, we want to attack in five this week, or we want to kick more this week. Um, it's going to be difficult. But luckily, Rossi and Jock is very clever with making decisions like that. I don't think that they'll be playing him at ten. I think they'll be uh, probably be playing him at twelve. If you look at the the training videos that came out pre his injury, and then once he started finding finding kind of not form, but once he started feeling a bit better, just before the World Cup squad was announced, or just after it rather, he was training at twelve. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him start at ten against Tonga, and then going into the kind of quarterfinals, semifinals, hopefully you may well see him as the 23rd man, in my opinion. Yeah. And then you've yeah. got somebody with that experience, like a Mornay Stain coming off the bench. And then when the pressure's on, he can switch it up. I think, should they call him in and have him replace Lubok, I think Marnie would feel undermined. And I don't think that Jacques and Rossi are those kind of people. I think they've kind of said to Marnie, look, you're our 10, but then you've got him as a reserve on the bench just for in cases. And he's a pretty good reserve to have, let's be <laughs> honest. Yeah. Looking at the uh, the loss of Malcolm Marks, Nico, I'm I'm more worried about the lineouts than I'm about the scrum, and that might sound a bit weird. But at scrum time, it's either probably going to be Dion Free or Mark and Starden. That pack down at hooker, they'll have Ox or Trevor, who are both fantastic scrummagers. So I think scrum time, they're probably just going to need parity. They're not going to need to be fantastic in the scrum. They're just going to have to hold their hold their own. Did you see enough from them over the weekend when it comes to throwing in to give you the confidence that they can do a job? Well, I only saw them throwing uh, a few throws and it was raining. So it's it, I can't give a full 
opinion actually, but they they won the ball in front. Uh, I would have taken the ball in front as well. So it's difficult to say. Um, the trick is going to come in when when teams close the front and middle and give them the back. But with Dion there, he played hooker for years. I don't know why the people are giving him actually or saying he's only a, uh, the, the Springboks only have one hooker. He, play, he, he played years. He captained the Western Province at hooker. He played in Lyon at hooker a lot of games. He played for Grenoble. He played flank, yes. But I, I remember him playing hooker for most of his careers. Only the, the, the last, I think, four seasons or so that he, he moved to out-and-out out flank. So I'm sure he, he trained these throws the, the past few months. So... I'm, I don't think we need to be worried about that, um, especially with with Dion. I, I reckon he will be on on form. It's a World Cup, and he, he is a hooker that plays flank now. He's not a he's not a flank that now they're trying to turn him into a hooker. So yeah, no, I, I think he's okay. I'm not so sure about Marco, but then again, it's Marco is only the third choice. If we, what's the chances of him playing hooker in a final? Not not re- that great. Though. So, uh, I think I think Brassi and Jock, they would have seen all the trainings. They would have seen all the throws, everything. They they they're not stupid. So obviously they they know what they have in those two players. Um, and Dion is a hooker. Uh, I'm not stressed about that. It's interesting that you said that because I was I was actually. It shows you what I think about during the day. I was actually thinking about line out time when it when it comes to the Irish, and you've obviously got Paul O'Connell there, who is yeah. a bit of a, a line out nose. And I was mm. wondering whether or not they would just occupy the front of the line out to try and say, "Look, throw!" But if you are going to throw, it's going to have to be either a middle or a back ball just to put some pressure on mm. him. But be interesting yeah. to see what happens. I'd like to address what some might call the elephant in the room. The Springboks have gone very high risk copying what they did at Twickenham 7-1 split on the bench Nico how do you feel about the 7-1 bench and then the other question I had was is it something that was ever discussed when you were in the box setup how long do you think this has been in the planning because I'm interested to see if it if you think it was just something that happened because of the All Blacks game or whether or not this is another Jacques and Rossi master plan so um, it wasn't in in the mix when I was in this in the Springbok squad, so it it's a little bit more recent. Um, I'm not sure if it just happened by accident or it's planned. It's with Rassi and Jock, anything is possible. So, um, but I, personally, I think it's a good thing. Um, obviously, we're playing to our strengths. South Africa, what's our strength? We're the biggest, strongest, toughest guys on the planet. So, when it comes to rugby. Um, so yeah, I think it's brilliant. We're playing to our strengths. You you said it's a risk. The question is, how big of a risk is it? How many backs get injured during a test match? How often? So how big is the is the gamble? You have Guaja that can slot in at wing. You have Quivers on the bench that can slot in at wing. You have Colby that's played scrum off. You have all of the guys in that back line. Jesse can play fullback. Then Willemse can play 10. They can just mix it around. So how risky is it really? I don't know. Um, it depends maybe on the day. I think the risk reward is how big of a risk is it really with the different players we have in the team. So I think 
it worked quite well with New Zealand. And now they, if you look at history, maybe it can repeat itself. So uh, my money is on the books. So, and the, the, I read one article, they said it's not the bomb squad anymore, it's the nuke squad now. So my money is on the nuke squad. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. One of the questions I had, so it's quite interesting. During the press conference this week, Jacques Nienaber was asked, Obviously, you've got Kerbis there and you've got Quacha. Those are our two most likely back replacements. And the reporter asked him whether or not there was a third forward or a second forward or a third player that was likely to slot into the back line. And Jacques said they trained it. And when they asked for their name, Jacques was like, no, that would be giving tactics away. My money yeah. is on like Siakalisi to slot in at 12 or something silly. If you was if you were Jacques Rossi, who would you have slotting in in that backline? Because I'd love to see it. I don't know if he's a bit old now, but who else played sevens for a while and is quite rapid? Dion Fury also played sevens, so maybe it's Dion. I don't know. He's he's very rapid. My my cousin played with him at the province under twenty one. So. And he was apparently running with the back. So I don't know if what's enough. 38 if he can still do it, but who knows? That man is so versatile. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah that is exactly. nuts. Ireland is, as opponents for this weekend, Steegs, they're your favorite team. But looking at them, they really heavily rely upon their phase play shape, long periods possession, and the breakdown is going to be key. I'm of the opinion that slowing down the speed of the ball coming from that breakdown is going to be paramount. Keeping that ruck speed to something like three to four seconds rather than that one to three second where they operate so well. Where do you think the box needs to start targeting Ireland? Fucking hell, you asked me the wrong questions, but he's supposed to be asking Nico these tough questions. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the, I'm, I'm the just, coach. I'm asking, I'm, I'm asking you, coach. and then I'm hoping you're going to be like Nico. Nico, help me out. Here. Like, <laughs> no, no, honestly, like sub I, me out, coach, here. sub me out. Look yeah, look yeah. Don't don't bullshit and say they're my favorite team. I'm Boca till till I die, you know. But I do love, <laughs> uh, I do love the Irish. Okay, they've got good hospitality. But um, you know what, dude? Like, I just I don't know about necessarily um, sort of the slowing down the ruck speed and that. I think I think if anything, I mean, they shouldn't they shouldn't really try and try and um, slow it down and play the slow game to take on the forwards and that, especially when you've got pretty much a new pack that's going to come on in the second half. So I think if anything, it's just like heavily relying on that on that johnny sexton um feel in the team and that you know they've got really a really decent backline and like i was even chatting about it last night you know it's just these the 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 lines they run and if if they really get going with that backline they can they can cause a bit of damage in that i think if anything at the end of the day i mean even like like bongi said you know it's like when the, when the box are, are training against each other forwards and forwards that that is the hardest they're going to get hit that's the hardest that they they're going to play is against themselves and i think there's there's not many teams right now that are going to go head to head with the box if they if they're on their game with the forwards and and win that battle at at, at the end of the day it's kind of how a lot of people are seeing it whereas you know, there, there has been time with the rush defense that it's, um, I mean, obviously pride ourselves in defense, but that backline, you know, one or two players can rush up. And if you have the likes of a of an Irish backline and that, they, they can 100% 
um, attack that opportunity. So I think um, Springboks just need obviously we we have our game plan that we're going to stick to, and I think yeah, just be very careful on that on that backline defense. Nico Penny, for your thoughts, anywhere you think that the the box needs to to be wary of, or anything you would target looking at the Irish team. So if if I was the Irish, I would not uh, the playing into the hands of the Springboks will be doing long passes, taking the ball too much back, a lot of tips, a lot, and that's what makes Ireland very strong. With the line speed, South Africa is going to put that skill set under major pressure. Um, so if I was the Irish, I would do a little bit of changing of direction. So left, right, not just same way defense that the, because the guys making the hit need to reload and get off the line again. And that's very difficult. So that's one part of the game where I think the, the Irish can, can attack South Africa, but it's going to be difficult still. Maybe a little bit of kicks. Uh, that worked for the, for the All Blacks in the previous World Cup. They did a lot of cross kicks, little chips um, just in behind, but it's difficult. The line speed is so hard. Now you have to take one step back and then the chip is too far, too high. It's it's really difficult, but that's another area I think the Irish might try to attack the box. And for the spring box, just stick to your... But what makes the box, I said it in the beginning, what makes them the best? It's just the size and the power and our defense, the best defense against the best attack. So let's see who, who's going to come out on top. What's that? What's that saying? Uh, an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. I think that's probably yeah. what we're going to see this weekend. Yes, yes. One of the things that I wanted to pick your brains on, Nico, was the main fetcher in the starting pack is probably going to be Steven Kitzoff. Mm. What do you make of the box naming three out-and-out fetches on the bench? And then I think the inclusion of Jasper Vies is quite interesting because mm. he's more of a carrier, whereas Dwayne Vermeulen would have been more of a poaching threat on the field yeah so that comes back to slowing the ball down obviously they want to slow the ball down um the, but i think a guy like Quaha, he brings attacking options as well like he's very explosive okay he's there for the backup back as well but he's very explosive with ball in hand as well so i think the springboks want to slow the ball down in the second half well they're going to slow the ball down in the first half as well but it will be more effective with Marku and then Dion and then then Quach on the field as well and then maybe Kutsi for a few minutes as well so I think that obviously they that's one area they are going to target but the main thing is I think still is the seven forwards on the bench um, bringing on a fresh almost complete pack against guys that's smaller okay they can they may be a little bit more mobile than the spring box but if you get pushed around in the scrum and get mauled all day like we did against the all blacks then you can be as mobile as you want you won't get around the park because your legs are numb so i think the spring box will just uh, they're gonna it's gonna be arm wrestle and then they're gonna use their power to to overpower the irish stigs of the box beat ireland this weekend do the Irish need to be worried about that game against Scotland later on in the group stages? <laughs> and do you think there is a world where Ireland don't make it out of this group? Uh, look here, look here. 
if you look at the the pro tiers and world cup histories you know we we know our fair share of just moments that don't go your way and you just don't quite get it maybe ireland has that curse who knows i think this is obviously everyone's saying this is their best opportunity to to go and win it all you know but i do think yeah if they if they beat if they get beaten by a, a really good south african side um i think i think there definitely is a little bit of worry because because scotland's just going to sniff that they're going to sniff that and it's you know even like like dobbo said you know it's like that idea of being you know the hunter instead of the hunted is is one of those things that's ireland's now going to worry because they've got absolutely everything to lose if they lose to south africa they they're going to have this dream team that is you know has all this hype around it and they might not even not make a pass the quarterfinals they might not even make the quarterfinals if they lose to scotland meanwhile scotland was counted out this entire time you know what i mean so I think I think Scotland sniffs that out, and that if we beat Ireland, that last game is going to be probably one of the best pool games to watch. I do feel like this, as much as the the, the tournament has been a bit lopsided in the way the draw has been done, it has added a layer of excitement to things because you've now got these questions that are floating about, and so many eyes on a pool game this weekend. The box playing Ireland this weekend will probably be the game of the weekend. But after Fiji's stunning performance over the weekend, which Stiegs would have been delighted about because he hates the Aussies, the Australia beyond, versus Wales game. Happy. The Australia versus Wales game will likely be the decider of Pool C. Who do you boys think wins the Australia v Wales game? And if that's the case, who do you see not making it out the pool? I'll let Nico go first because you know <laughs> my answer. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm very similar to you. So I would say I hope the Welsh win. So uh, I hope the Welsh win and I hope uh, Fiji qualify. That would be that would be awesome. Um, then the, the Aussies can go on. I, I think I think a perfect world, okay, perfect scenario right now. Fiji's done the job there, okay. Wales are going to beat Australia. That works perfectly because England's going to end up being on top of their group. Fiji's going to come and they're going to knock out England. So that's Australia and England out of the World Cup. That is the dream <laughs> situation. <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier and genuinely I was like, can you imagine if Fiji play England, having beat them this year for the first time? Having beat them at home, playing them in the quarterfinals of a World Cup, I think I would lose my mind because it would just be it would it, it just it would feel right, wouldn't it? Now moving on, I want to close out this uh, short but very sweet episode, starting with you, Nico, and then you can chime in, Stiegs, with your expertise. Who do you see winning this weekend, and by how much? I see the box taking it by three points. I don't think it's going to be a, a runaway for us. Um, the Irish are number one, so they're a very good side, but I, I think they're just going to run out of gas. I think we're going to just dominate them just a little bit too much. It's going to be just just that last tackle, that last cleanest. I think the body's going to hurt and, and we're going to pull it through. So I'm saying South Africa by three points. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to give the degenerate answer um, and explain my my answer before. But I'm I'm just going to agree with Nico because uh, you know, like I'm I'm a betting man, Scott and Nico, and uh, I tried to place bets on the rugby last weekend. And yeah, how'd that go, Stakes? Can we can dude, we actually I, address no, that no. very quickly? <laughs> I couldn't. You I were couldn't... bragging last week <laughs> about how great your bets would be, and that you had some sort of crystal ball. Look here, mate. Look here, mate. Listen, listen. I try to put it in for the rugby, but it wouldn't work for the life of me. Like, you know what? Last time I said this isn't a sponsor for Betway. This is definitely not a sponsor for Betway because it's shit. Okay. <laughs> but I will say, I will say, I, I looked, I was like, you know what? I, I got some money in the account anyways. I might as well bet on the Premier League. Okay. Please, so tell, me, get, like... please tell me bet against Brighton. I went, I went eight games. Okay. And I was like, yo, 150 bucks, 40 grand comeback. Like I'll do this. Why not? But I accidentally placed the bet twice. So I made the same bet twice for 300 grand. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Maybe it's a good accident and it's going to go my way. Dude, first game, I had Chelsea to win. First game, it was a draw and I lost the bet. So. Hi, yeah, yeah. There's a lesson in that uh, to young kids who are thinking about betting. Don't do it, mate. Don't do it at all. But no, long, long, long story short, I do, I do tend to agree with Nico there. I think it's, it's just going to be such a close game, um, you know, and it is just going to be those few points that are, that are going to separate them. But you know what? At the end of the day, you just you just never know. You know, I think we were all calling a close game against New Zealand in in Twickenham, and then just got mm. absolutely shocked watching that game. So you don't quite know. It's like th- these two teams are so good. If anyone's just off their game slightly, these two teams have ability to score so many points. So it could be a higher margin, but realistically, if they're if they're both on their game, yeah, I don't see more than a three point difference. But always to the box. Do you know what I'm struggling with here, Steegs? And you'll appreciate this. My choices when it comes to teams, usually I'm wrong. That's a very, it's usually like 55, 45, right? I don't want to say the box because I feel like then I'm jinxing them, but I'm sure as hell I'm not going to say Ireland. <laughs> so I'm going to say box by eight. I think there might be a okay. bit more in it. I think last okay. 20 minutes. No look crossfield kick from Marnie LeBoc <laughs> and we're we're under the post. But thanks very much for joining us on another episode of the Safa Pod. And to friend of the show, Nico, for saving a saving our bacon essentially <laughs> by hopping on last minute. He had about four hours notice. So thanks very much, mate. Uh we needed your your kind of informed opinion <laughs> instead of the two of us <laughs> just talking absolute shit. Good luck for the rest of the top 14 season. Hopefully it's good. And uh, for those people listening, head over to our socials, give us a like, drop us a follow, and we'll be uh, we'll be back next week for what we hope is a review of a blockbuster game. See you then. <laughs>